Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Today, first want to wish um, all our fathers a happy Father's Day. We celebrate this and honor our fathers and provides an opportunity for us to reflect a little bit about, about the nature of, of fatherhood, which I'd like to do today in the context of, of our liturgical celebration this 12th Sunday of Ordinary Time. In particular, this, this one little line that may have just crept right by you in the first reading. The creator of heaven and earth speaking to the prophet Job, speaking about how when he created the world, he, he placed boundaries on, on all of his creatures. The, the sea divided from the land, he shuts its doors that there be no communication or commerce between them. The, the sky separated from the, from the waters, the, the light separated from the darkness, barring the doors in between each of them. What I'd like to talk about today borrows that phrase as, a, as an image for what fatherhood really means. And I'll, I'll explain that. But I think it's worth spending some time on it. It's worth reflecting on the, on the nature of fatherhood. It's commonplace now to, to see studies lamenting the, the, what we call a crisis of fatherhood, a great uh, breakdown in the, in the presence of fathers within families, within society, and all of the destructive circumstances that have brought that about and that result from it. So it's an urgent task it's an urgent task. And just as I, I spoke about on Mother's Day, I say something similar here on Father's Day, that, that fatherhood, fatherhood is bound up with the very idea of manhood itself. You can't be a real man without being a father. Just as you really can't be a real woman without being a mother. Fatherhood and motherhood are part of the perfection they are the perfection of masculinity and femininity. And we can say that. That's part, that's part of our, our understanding of the human person as, as Catholics. We can say that because every single one of us is capable of fatherhood and motherhood. Every man is born to become a father. That's his essence. This is a gift from his creator. And it's also a job. It's a, it's, a, it's a task. It's something to be accomplished in life. We can say this because fatherhood isn't simply reducible to physical paternity. Right? We wouldn't be celebrating it today if it, could be, if it was simply the result of a, of a paternity test. Fatherhood, the reason we honor it is because it's the result of something deeper. It's a perfection. It's an excellence. And we can partake of fatherhood in many ways, not simply through physical paternity, but also spiritual or emotional paternity. Taking responsibility for someone is a kind of fatherhood. To understand what, where this comes from and, and, and what it means, we have to go back to the beginning. We have to look at God's original intention. So we look in the, the revelation of, of his intention in the book of Genesis, in the story of our creation. We know that from the beginning, the human race was created in the image and likeness of God and was given dominion over the earth. The human beings are the highest of God's material creation. They exercise 
a dominion, a rule over the world. But it's not arbitrary. We as human beings are answerable to God for our dominion. So we're stewards. We've been entrusted with this responsibility and we carry it out well and we'll be judged on how we do that. And the human race was created male and female. Those two are different reflections of the dominion of the human race. Men and women both exercise dominion, but they do it differently. Or maybe we could say better, they have a different starting place. Men, in their bodies and in their souls, were created to fight and to conquer. It's part of, part of the identity of a man. This is his God-given vocation. We live this out by our, in three ways. By our understanding, by our enjoyment, and by our creativity. We conquer the world by understanding it, opening up its secrets, growing in knowledge, the sciences, the arts. All of these things unlock the hidden wisdom present in creation, the traces of the creator left behind there. And then, having understood it, he delights in it, he contemplates it, he rejoices over it. And by understanding and enjoying it, he recognizes the ways to further perfect it and bring it as, a, as a, a gardener would take a wild patch of pasture and turn it into a, a beautiful garden. So in understanding, enjoyment, and creativity, these are the three ways that the human race conquers or exercises dominion. Men do that one way. Women do it another way. Women are, are created not so much to conquer and to fight, but to cherish and to guard and to preserve. Right? This is part of Eve's identity. Her knowledge, her enjoyment, her creativity, well, this takes on a different tone from the man's based on her deeper perceptiveness of the wholeness of, of creatures, of beings. And she, she adds to man. A man adds to woman in this way through their complementarity. But because of original sin, this isn't the way we experience it anymore, is it? We fell from that goodness. We fell from God's intention. And we twist or pervert our, our responsibilities of understanding, enjoyment, and creativity. And because men and, women are different, men and women are different, our fallen differences are also very present. That is, we, we fall or we fail in different ways. And as a piece of evidence of this, we can see that very clearly in the relationship between men and women and themselves. Right? The rupture in creation that was the result of sin. Well, we see this in the way men attempt to dominate women. Right? Not, to, not to serve and protect and to, and to cherish, but to, but to dominate. In the way women may cling to men in a possessive way, right? in, a, in, a, in a, a destructive way. We see this over and over, this pattern, this fallen pattern. Right? That's not God's intention. That's not the way, that was part of the curse of sin and the abuse of our freedom. It's the task of every man and woman to overcome this inheritance, to overcome this rupture 
by joining with Christ. Christ came to heal that rupture. He came to save us from that brokenness. He came to overcome the opposition that we experience between man and woman, which is the inheritance of original sin. And in Christ it is overcome. And so, in Christ, we discover the key to masculinity and femininity, to, male, to, to manhood and womanhood. We discover the essence of fatherhood, yes, and motherhood. Because in him, we discover what it means to be created male and female. To be a father is to be a man committed to generating life and to forming that life in those he's responsible for. That's the essence of fatherhood and therefore of manhood. To be committed to generating life and forming life in those for whom he is responsible. We see this kind of fatherhood in a father of a family, but we also see it in other ways. We see it in teachers. We see it in a spiritual sense in priesthood and in religious life. Priesthood through the giving of sacraments. Right? The sacramental life isn't just generative, it's regenerative. Natural paternity gives life, but supernatural fatherhood regenerates, renews that life. Takes it to a higher plane. Praise be Jesus Christ for such a gift. This is, this is what it means to be a father, to be committed in this way. Now, the essence of this really is commitment. And this is where we get to the heart of why we honor fathers. is because fatherhood is the result of a commitment. This commitment is, is a struggle, as any of us who live this out know. This commitment is a fight. It's, a, it's, a, it's an act of conquering the most difficult and the most important conquest of all, the conquest of self. You and I, we have this selfish instinct to flee from everything that, that obstructs my preferences, obstructs my choice. I want to get my way. And so when I bind myself in a promise or in a commitment, there's something in me that makes me want to bail. That's part of our fallen human nature. And the battle that takes place in, in a father, in a man, is to, is to remain faithful to that promise. Every commitment like this is, is a way of entrapping ourselves, isn't it? This is true not only of our marriages, but it's true of our friendships, it's true of our families. It's true in many different ways. It's true in priesthood. Every single one of these commitments is a kind of bondage, isn't it? We're shackling ourselves to, to a promise. And we do that because we're afraid of losing our nerve. Bound up when every single one of us is that desire to escape from those commitments. But here's the truth that we find in Christ. When we escape from those commitments, what we escape into is loneliness. What we escape into is meaninglessness. 
You know who the great prophet of this is? Johnny Cash. You know, I, I was, I, as I drove over here this morning, what was the song that came into my mind? Sunday morning come, coming down. You know that song? Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head. That didn't hurt. But he's singing about the hangover. The party was great on Saturday. All my friends were drinking and singing, staying up till whatever. No responsibilities. I'm a free man. There's something in a Sunday that makes a body feel alone. There's nothing short of dying that's half as lonesome as the sound of a sleepy Sunday morning and Sunday morning coming down, right? That's what we escape into when we forsake our commitments. And it's tragic. So to guard ourselves against that fallen tendency that we have, to guard against those threats from without that attack our commitments and those from within that cause of the failure of nerve, we bar the doors. I'm not leaving. I'm locked in. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. If this thing goes up in flames, I'm going down with it. That's the commitment, right? We put a fence around ourselves so that the seeds of, of the relationship, the promises that have been sown, will have, will have the protection that they need to grow. Because that takes time. It takes care. A lot of things can go wrong if we don't have that protective barrier around ourselves. And we do that because the things that we're striving for, the fruits that we're, that we're hoping to produce, are so good, they're so precious, and they're often so unexpected, we can't entrust them to our, to our fleeting feelings. We have, to, we have to be bound to them, shackled to them. This is what it means to be a father. This is what it means to be a mother. So we honor those who carry out those responsibilities, each in their own way. And we pray and support them. We pray that God would renew these things in our, in our midst, in our time, in our culture. Because without them, our, our society will collapse. We will fall into chaos without these things. The family, those basic promises that create the foundations of every, of every life. We can't live without those. I'll leave you just with a passage here to kind of put some flesh on this idea and also not just the sacrifices but the benefits and the, and the, the glories and the joys of what fatherhood means. And in the context of my own spiritual fatherhood, my, my priestly fatherhood, I, I hear these, these comments, the comments of a father writing about his own experience of being transformed by his vocation. I hear them in my, in my own way. And I invite all of you to hear them in your own way. Whatever, whatever way these correspond to the, to the ways in which you've been called as a man into fatherhood. To give thanks for those things today and rejoice over them. And I, 
I'd invite all of you, as you hear this, this short little reflection, to hear it through the, through the lens of our, our words from St. Paul in the second reading today. In Christ, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, the new have come. Most fathers-to-be suppose that their old, ego-centered lives will continue more or less unchanged after their first child arrives. With the exception of a few more demands on their time, their involvement with their children is imagined as being something basically manageable. They don't really imagine that there's going to be an abrupt end to their former lives. But then, the onslaught begins, and a man begins to realize that these people, his wife and his children, are literally, and perhaps even intentionally, killing his old self. Everything around him is changing without any sign of ever reverting back to the way things used to be. Into the indefinite future, Nearly every hour of his days threatens to be filled with activities that as a single man or even a childless husband, he never would have chosen. Due to the continual interruptions of his sleep, he is always basically fatigued. His long-term financial concerns now make him cautious in his spending, causing him to abandon many of his old personal indulgences, his old habits of consumption. His wife is equally exhausted frequently uninterested, focused on the kids. His, his old friends and their connections, they begin to fade. The changes go on and on. And he discovers, perhaps even in a terrifying way, that fatherhood just isn't what he had bargained for. Yet, through the exhaustion, through the financial stress, through the frequent screaming and chaos, there enters in at times, mysteriously, unexpectedly, deep contentment and gratitude. This isn't the pleasure or the amusement of high school or of college. This is something different. This is, this is the pleasure of nobility, of, of the honor of sacrifice and commitment, like what is felt by a soldier. What happens to his children now happens to him. His joys and sorrows are their joys and sorrows. His life, although it's consumed with these trivial concerns of children and tying shoes and wiping noses and changing diapers, seems to be even more serious than it was before. Everything he does, from bringing home his paycheck to painting a bedroom or pre preparing a peanut butter sandwich, has a new goal and therefore a greater significance, a greater meaning. The stakes of his life have risen. And if he is faithful to his calling, he might come to find that despite all his expectations, he never wants to go back to the way things used to be. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers among us and to those yet to come. Bar the doors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.